0: And a junkie, I just dropped a lot, ayy And I dropped a lot, ayy And I dropped a lot, ayy Immediately throwing the towel, see? When it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue. Commission as a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I'll be willing and dealing. If I meet a trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy.
1: hello everybody and welcome to episode 46 of the dynasty junkies podcast a proud member of the dynasty addicts podcast network i am your host rocky bechella at dynasty ff addict and you are just getting me this week uh, i mentioned on last week's episode that uh, you know scott kind of had a crazy schedule this week we weren't sure if we were going to have an episode so what I decided to do is just do a do a solo pod. Um, we didn't line up any guests for this week, um, but I had a lot of stuff kind of rolling around in my brain after last week's episode with with my buddy John Hogue uh, about the Superflex stuff, some stuff that uh, I didn't necessarily get to bring up there, um, some other things I wanted to kind of get out there. So yet again, I'm going to be talking about my, uh, my Superflex strategy and... Just how, how that works, and just some stuff also following up on last week. So, uh, and I do want to say too, um, just in case I, I may I may bring up uh, John once or twice in this episode, despite the fact that we are couldn't be more par opposite in how we attack the quarterback position. Superflex. He definitely is a good friend of mine so I just want to make that clear I, I, I feel like like how much we debate uh, and argue on on podcasts and Twitter that maybe that's not clear but it definitely is uh, I've been on his show he's been on my show multiple times uh, love John so uh, just wanted to get that out there uh so one one thing I was thinking is uh I kind of I feel like I need a name for my superflex study. John has the has the QBx I I need to come up with something for mine. So uh, if you guys have any ideas out there, let me know. Uh, I know Scott sidlow uh, uh, my co-host uh, in the last episode, called it QB weight. That's not bad. I, I don't love it, though. Uh, zero QB would be an obvious one. Uh, but uh, I don't love that either because that makes it sound insane to go "Quote unquote zero QB in, in, in super flex, even though uh, any zero whatever position strategy doesn't literally mean zero, but it makes it sound more insane than it is. So I'm not sure I love that either. Uh, I also thought of maybe calling it a QB next, kind of playing off the QBX, uh, going in that next tier uh, of quarterbacks when I draft at." at best maybe the next year after that but uh and then i'm also you're also always kind of having to look for that next quarterback with the way that i do it um i don't love any of those names though so if anybody has any ideas let me know uh but (laughs) that, that that's not why i i'm doing this podcast so um i just wanted to uh first talk briefly about the tech mobile team, the startup team that me and John were talking about, uh, both in that episode and in the previous episode that I was on with, uh, Scott Connor and Jay Mike, uh, I I feel like the old thing was played up a lot. And I, I, I did try and stress in those episodes. That's not necessarily how I generally do it. Um, but I do think it was overplayed as well. And it kind of distracted from the fact that it was a, It's it's a pretty darn good team. So, uh, and and I'll get on a little bit of tangent here. I mean, there's nothing wrong with playing to win year one. I'm I'm always going win now in the startup. Not usually this heavy in age, but if you win year one, I almost feel like there's like this kind of stink on it like (laughs) or if you're playing to win year one at least as heavily as i did in this draft that is like this it's almost like it's a redraft stink on on the team that i'm 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 treating it like a redraft and in two years this team's going to be trash because all these guys are quote unquote old even though the majority of them are are under 30 but the way i look at it is even if i if i can get that title that that's the big thing i have to get the title but if I can get that title in year one, and I still think it's possible even in year two with that team, and I'm gonna just reiterate who the, who the main points of that team are. But if I can get it in year one, even if I go right after the season, I could, after the 2021 season, I could I could start rebuilding immediately uh, and or at least retooling. And even if it takes me till year four, say, uh, I, if I have one title in my pocket, at worst, I have one less title than anybody else in the league, and I think I can be contending again by year four. And I don't even necessarily know that I'll do that. I, I think I can maybe ride this team out for two years. Uh, but even if I did decide after the year, and I know uh, a buddy, another buddy of mine, uh, Tyler Cart from DLF, uh, I know he did something like that in TAA. He just won, a, won the championship in TAA this year and has started selling a lot of the pieces off, especially the older pieces, and, and his his team does not look too bad. Uh, it may not win this year, but he's definitely on the road to, to to contending again very soon. He picked up a lot of picks. He's gotten younger guys like that a lot of people like, like Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, things like that. So I definitely think it's, even if there's a little bit of an old slash redraft stink on, on this team, that uh, it, if I win that title, I'm fine with that, especially with some of the people I'm playing against in this league, and uh, I can be contending again by year three or year four, uh, if not next year, uh, depending on what I decide to do with this team. And and just to reiterate, uh, again, that team is the likely starters are something like Brady, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Kamara, Aaron Jones, Adams, Hopkins, Julio, Tyler Boyd, Robbie Anderson, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. So that team, uh, going again, I've stressed this multiple times on previous pods that last year does not equal this year. I understand that. This is dynasty. We look forward. And last year's points are not going to translate to the year's points. But that team, on average, points per game was 229 points per game. And, and that's kind of my point here and why I want to talk about this some more is that that's the kind of value you can get by waiting on quarterback. And, and even Brady and Ben, I mean, last year they are QB1s. Do I expect them to be QB1s again necessarily this year? No. Uh, my hope is that one of them is uh, in that low-end range, but it, it may not happen. But even still, the, the guys I'm getting at the, all those other positions, especially in a start 11 where I have nine spots to make up for whatever deficiencies uh, Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger may have. I just, it, there's so much value to be mined from, from loading up at the other positions, especially when you have nine spots to make up any deficit you're getting from those teams that are maybe starting. Uh, I think like Jay Mike is in this league, D- D- Dak and Mahomes or, or Herbert and Lamar Jackson. I think Scott Connor has. So it, it's again, 229 points a game. So, is this team going to score two hundred twenty nine points a game this year? No, but let's say okay, they're they're going to fall off. Everyone's a year older. Uh, this isn't a young group of guys to begin with. I, I mean, there's some of these guys I can tell a story where they maybe not improve on 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 last year, but their situations not get worse. Like Aaron Jones, he. he he's might get even more passing work. Uh, and you know, uh, Adams is, is definitely going to fall off. He scored like 18 touchdowns last year, but uh, a lot of those may go to Aaron Jones. Now, uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers had a ridiculous, uh, very high touchdown percentage last year, um, which Adams was a big beneficiary of they, uh, I'm doing, I'm recording. I'm not sure when we're going to release this, but I'm recording this before the draft. And, uh, they may draft a wide receiver, although, you know, in Green Bay, they probably won't. But, that, I mean, that could take some from Adams. Uh, just a natural fall off will take some. I mean, what he did last year was was kind of crazy. And a lot of these guys that you can say that for Kelsey had an, an outlier season. Uh, Kamara had an outlier season. So let's say they're going to fall off as a whole, that, that group of starters. Uh, if you give them a fifteen percent drop off across the board, everybody scores fifteen percent less. I'm still scoring 195 points a game, or, or you, and then that can factor in maybe that some of these guys they're older, they get injured. Julio, you know, didn't I think he had like 16 points a game last year of that group, and uh, but he only played whatever it was six, seven, eight games uh, full full time. So that sort of accounts, that 15% drop-off sort of accounts for that as well. But, so 15% drop-off, 195 points a game, which is a ton of points. This is, I mean, the scoring in here has the 2.0 tight end premium. Uh, As I mentioned in previous episodes, it does have six-point touchdowns, so it's a little higher than normal, but 195 points is good in any scoring system. And you may be saying, well, they're all very old. Brady and Ben can't repeat last year. Kamara can't repeat last year. Kelsey can't repeat last year. Adams can't repeat last year. So, let's say it's 25%. 25% drop-off. I'm still scoring 172 points a game. Because I have quarterbacks. They don't have security. Well, they do have security. They don't have long-term certainty because they are old. So, because I did that, I'm getting so many points to the other positions. I'm still in an area where we can expect, I me. Mean, even if you go beyond 25, I mean, if I'm scoring 160, that's an average, 165 points a game, which is more than 25% drop off across the board. Every single player scores 25% less. That's the point I'm trying to get across here, is that any kind of team build where you're getting this value with the other positions, even this one where they're, they're all older guys, it, and even maybe even more so with the points you can get um, with all these older guys, uh, there's just a lot of value to be mined there. But I'm going to use that as a segue into another team that I've mentioned, I think, on these podcasts, which is my Tragedics 9 team. So, say you don't like the fact that I went with all these guys that are basically, like I said, you could, you could almost call it a redraft roster because all these guys are quote unquote older players. So in TA nine, I used a very similar strategy in both startups. I traded out of the first because I knew I wasn't going to draft one of those high end quarterbacks. And I got multiple seconds. Uh, I I think I had at least four to five picks in the second and third rounds in both startups. And in TA nine, it worked out a lot differently It wasn't quite as old. There's still definitely some guys that are older in there. I I have uh, Julio on both teams, actually, uh, and Ben Rathelsberger. But my starting lineup in in TA9, I just wanted to give another example of what what a team could look like doing it this way, is uh, likely something like Kirk Cousins. Uh, So I got to, you know, Kirk, perennially underrated. Uh, finishes at least a low end QB one almost every year. Uh, I think he's had one year since he's become a regular starter where he, he finished outside of the top twelve in production. Uh, so Kirk Cousins better probably uh rated quarterback, value quarterback than anybody I have on the uh Tech Mobile roster, and then Jameis Winston is probably like QB2. I also have Ben, as I said, on this team. Uh, Taysom Hill wasn't there. Jameis would be valued a lot higher, I believe. It's, I believe he's going to be the starter. Uh, and the more I think about it, the more I believe it. I mean, if, if they start Taysom, you are basically have a dead roster spot in James Winston, which it, it just the more I think about it, it makes much more sense to start Jameis. You can still use T- uh, Taysom in the role he's always had. And uh, you're not wasting a roster spot that way, but who knows what the Saints will do? I believe it's going to be Jameis. So, if Jameis is playing, uh, I think I'm perfectly fine with Kirk Cousins and Jameis, and I have Ben as my third. Uh, and if Jameis performs well in New Orleans, I could have a Kirk and Jameis could be guys I have for at least a couple of years, anyway. Going on to the running backs, I have Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, and then some backup types. So four, no doubt about it, starters pretty much at running back and at wide receiver. I, and again, not all the. I mean, the running backs they're they're not young per se, but it's Derek Henry's definitely an older guy. He's what twenty seven at this point. Uh, Christian McCaffrey just started second contract, but uh, he's still basically the one hundred and one. Uh, in non-superflex leagues, and then Mixon's, I think, is 24-25, and Saquon is, is just finishing up his rookie contract still, so he's not even on that second contract yet, so they're not they're not young, but they're not uh, crazy old, and then I also, at receiver, though, have A.J. Brown, uh, I have Ch- uh, Chase Claypool, uh, I do have Julio Jones, another older guy. Uh, and then uh, Robbie Anderson, who I actually also have on that Tecmo team. He's a guy I think, I do think is underrated this year. Uh, CMC might take some of his uh, target, you know, take some targets from some of the receivers, but uh, Curtis Samuel's gone. I-, I like Robbie. I think he's being very underrated the way how, how low he's going in, in startups and, and his trade value uh, as the wide receiver, too, there. But And then, again, he's another guy who's not particularly old. So, again, I have solid starters uh, across the board. And then, tight end, this is a little different than what I usually do. I have, uh, because I do not have an elite tight end, I generally try and get those. Uh, One guy in this draft ended up taking Kelsey Kittle and Wilder, which I didn't expect. I, I got sniped, I think, on Kelsey in the second round because think he already had Kittle. i didn't expect him to go kelsey um he was picking after uh i, I had multiple picks and within like a three pick or four pick range and i didn't expect him to go there and he ended up doing that so i ended up waiting a little longer i ended up with tanyan is my probably tight end one which isn't bad i am a little uh a little upset I couldn't get one of those higher rank guys, but uh, I got Zach Ertz and Eric Ebron, uh, who I you know whatever. Uh, so hopefully I can mix and match a tight end. But I also have the 105 and 109, so I have all those guys. Uh, some of which are, are on the younger end compared to that other team, and I have the 105 and 109, so I can get I can get a quarterback there. Uh, I'm pretty much guaranteed to get one of the quarterback. I don't think people are saying that. Maybe the quarterbacks go like top four or quarterbacks or even top five. I, don't, I don't, definitely don't see that happening. So uh, there will be a quarterback for me there if I choose to go that way. Uh, otherwise, I'm still getting some young player because they're a rookie. I could take Najee. I could take Jamar Chase. I could take Kyle Pitts. And maybe I get that elite tight end. And then I also have the 109 as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if I can get a quarterback there. Uh, I, I've been saying for a little while now, you know, that everyone thinks all the quarterbacks are going to go high. I definitely think with five of them, one of them is going to be that guy that that we've seen in past drafts that falls later into the draft, uh, into the first round at least. Uh, the Josh Allen, the the Daniel Jones, the the Lamar Jackson, uh, that that doesn't necessarily go super high. So I got two. Top nine picks, uh, which again will, will supplement this lineup, and and a whole bunch of very good players. So I just wanted to give another example of the kind of lineup you could put together. Because, like I said, I just felt doing those other shows where we talked about this that that this idea that, that this roster would be you know dead in a year or two um, that there is another way to do it and and what you could end up with if you wait on quarterback. And, again, in both of these leagues, I definitely waited longer than I usually do. Uh, Kirk Kirk is a guy that I don't mind as my QB1, so I don't mind that in trade at 9 Jameis, especially at the time we drafted, which was in, like, February, and he hadn't even been re-signed by the Saints yet, was definitely a risky thing. And I did grab Ben actually after Jameis, just to, to have another guy there. Uh, I, I'll i get into later in the uh, episode how I prefer to draft him, but I think this QB crazy year has is, is, is resulted in this with me even being willing to wait a little longer than usual because I'm not paying the price that a lot of people are paying. And it especially happened in the Tech Mobile draft where there was just – a crazy run on on quarterbacks throughout it wasn't even just the the first round like we've seen nine ten quarterbacks go it was just almost every quarterback was just going too high so again i just wanted to point that out uh different kind of roster, a little bit different roster build there Uh, a little more heavier on the running backs A little bit more youth in there. I did get a couple picks, and I also had the 208, actually, as well, which I don't expect the 208 to be a big contributor, but the Tecmo team, I have no picks before the third. So uh, even if you decide to go a little more youth, and I actually, uh, in in this TA9 draft, i like to point out, too, I actually drafted, uh, in the initial startup, DeAndre Swift, and DK Metcalf as well. I ended up moving Swift in a deal that got me the 105 and Claypool and some other pieces, and I moved uh, DK in a trade to get me a Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, if if you, if you like that even better, that's another way you could go. I could have you could have Swift on this team instead of McCaffrey. You could add DK and not have the one and DK into the receivers. Uh, I wouldn't have the 105. I wouldn't have Christian McCaffrey, but. Uh, would still be a team that most people look at and say is a very solid team. But one of the main reasons I wanted to do this was that I wanted to kind of just outline my strategy a little bit and sort of what my team build is. Uh, Going back to John Hoag, that's uh, that's one thing he's done very well uh, on his show is just getting into the particulars of, of exactly what he's doing and how he builds his team and and, and has done it time and again. Uh, talked about QBX a lot. So uh, I, I feel like I've never... I've talked about it on TradeX. I've talked about it on Dynasty Junkies, but I've never really sat down and sort of outlined it in its entirety and, and how it works and, and what it looks like. Uh, I do want to stress it's not necessarily a rigid you have to do it this way in terms of how i'm going to build a team uh i I, again i'm just sort of saying wait on quarterbacks but uh, the rest of it i i like i said john when he does his qbx kind of has a very specific outline for each position uh and he has the five quarterback thing but uh as i've said I, i i think that's a little rigid i i don't think having any rigid strategy going in is necessarily a good thing. Uh, I I like to be flexible when I go into a startup. So I'm going to give you generally what I'm looking to do, uh, but you can sort of mold it into whatever you think works best for you. The main point just being, don't draft quarterback super early, (laughs) which is basically what I'm always saying. So uh, so what it is is the strategy is basically wait on QB to build up points in more advantageous positions because QB has a high floor as it is. Uh, guys pop up from the second, third tiers all the time. Guys, I, I don't want to get too much into that uh, about the the why. Uh, I, I did that though. One other time I've done a solo pod, I did get into. That's basically what the whole pod was about. It was similar to this, but it was about why. This is more about how I'm doing it. So, But basically, what does that mean? Uh, For me, especially this year, it means running backs and tight ends. That's where I'm looking to go early, usually. Uh, As I said, especially now, uh, I've learned from uh, listening to my friend Scott Connor that you don't really want to go... I, I don't, anyway. want to go heavy on receiver. It is... I agree. It is so deep. Uh, not in terms of, you know... There's only so many guys that can be a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three. But there's so many guys that can get you X amount of points. Uh, just It's probably 40 to 50 deep in terms of guys that can get you double-digit points in a given week. So... Uh, the only time I want to go wide receiver early is if I'm getting one of those target monsters—a guy you can project to get 140 targets somewhere in that range—and that that's why uh, in the one startup I do have Adams and Hopkins uh, because they are those guys. And AJ Brown I could see being those guys, so I drafted him in the TA9 startup. But generally, I'm waiting and getting vet, va- trying to get values later at wide receiver, and by waiting on quarterback. What I'm generally doing is trying to get first an elite tight end. I, I'm touted this before as well. I am a big elite tight end guy. I just think it creates such a positional advantage. I think tight elite tight ends, especially are the biggest positional scarcity in fantasy football uh, at any given point. We have two, three, four of them and, Oh, pretty much always, you know, it was, it was in the past it was Gronk and Graham and, and Gates. Now it's uh, Kelsey and Waller and Kittle. Uh, maybe uh, Pitts will get into that group. Maybe Hawk gets into that group. Uh, maybe Andrews eventually gets into that group. But they're all a tier below. And even if you include those three, everyone else is just a bunch of guys. So elite tight end is, is one of the things I'm always looking to get. And I have so many teams with one of those, one of those big three on them. And then the other thing is, like I said, this year, at least I'm definitely trying to go harder running back. Uh, running back's always an interesting thing because you need running backs to win. I'm, always playing when now and well, almost always playing when now in the startup, I'm in so many leagues. I've occasionally switched it up and, and gone pick heavy or gone more productive struggle, but that that's few and far between for me. Uh So but like I said, RB is interesting because it's, you, you need the strong RBs to win, Uh but they do have the shortest shelf life of anybody in fantasy football. So it's a, it's an interesting game to play there, but, Uh, I I think I did okay in the TA nine startup. Uh, I only got two and both are older in the, uh, Tecmo startup. So I, I don't, I I don't love that there, but I do think it can, it can get me something early. So ideally. And like I said, in the TA nine startup, I did have Swift, um, and Barkley were both on their, on their first contracts. And then I ended up trading Swift, uh, but I could end up drafting another running back in with one of either one of the two first-round picks I have. So uh, young RBs are obviously preferable, uh, but whatever you want to do, I get the strong RBs, get the elite tight That's what you're doing by waiting on quarterback and then picking up wide receivers later, and obviously waiting on quarterback until later. So what does later mean? Uh, I've gotten into this before, but just to, to outline it all in one place here uh i'm generally looking for qbs at least two qbs in that sort of qb 13 to qb 24 adp range i don't always especially this year <laughs> manage to work that out uh sometimes it, it falls below that range um especially with my third, uh, even in in a normal year where quarterbacks aren't getting drafted so heavily. uh, I'm usually kind of fine waiting until even that 25, 26, 27 range in terms of ADP, not production, because ADP does not equal production. Um, But you need to monitor how, how they're going in your draft, you know? So again, it's not a rigid thing. I'm drafting, you know, Quarterback one and round X, quarterback two and round X. You got to kind of see how it's going. Uh, once, you know, 12 are off the board, that's when you start thinking about it. Even even in a normal year, I, I think I, uh, and even in this year, I, I think I'm tending even to let it go a few spots beyond that. I'm, I'm fine generally with some guys that are in that 16, 17 range. Uh, so whatever your comfort level is, uh, I, I just, I kind of want to get people thinking about maybe doing it this way. So, if you need to go a little higher, even QB twelve. Uh, who, who is the QB twelve? Oh, QB twelve is Jalen Hurts. <laughs> that's a little risky. But um, QB thirteen, Matthew Stafford. So, uh, if you want to go the high end, that's fine. If you want to wait longer, that's fine. I just think you should be waiting. You don't need to have those top ten guys. Uh. But if people are fading them, which is not happening this year, uh, this was more. This is more of a comment for maybe next year when people uh, start getting more sane about how they're drafting quarterbacks, um, or uh, what what I had done previously. If if a guy, if people, if there's more people in, in the startup than me, than I expect, uh, and they're doing the same thing, I will draft a top 12, twelve guy if I think he's a value. And I mean that's hard to define what is a value. Uh, It's just, you got to see how it goes. If a a top 12 guy is dropping into like the third round or the fourth round, uh, then then I would snatch him up, but that's not happening in 2021. So, uh, so that's basically how I tend to build the teams. QBs later, tight end early running this year, running back early Uh, uh, in the past. I have uh, kind of done a mix of running back and wide receiver. Uh, It's basically just whoever I think is the best value pick. Uh, I'm trying to get youth. It did not work in Tecmo, uh, but it, the uh, The perfect scenario is getting the youth and getting the points, um, but I'm generally weighing points heavier in a startup because, I, like I said, I'm, I'm looking to win now in the startup. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, having the pretty roster that looks like it's going to be good for years and years is nice, but that doesn't always work out actually that way. So that's basically the strategy on how I'm, I'm generally drafting. It's... A little less, like I said, do X, do Y, do Z, uh, but it it's basically win the QBs, take the other positions early. If you like wide receivers more than running backs, that works too. Uh, you can certainly get, you know, like like I did in Tebow. You can get Adams, you can get Hopkins, you can get AJ Brown. You can if you think DK Metcalf is wide receiver one, Justin Jefferson. So. I have no problem with either. I just like gobbling up those other positions where you maybe. I just think you have more of an advantage getting those running backs and tight ends early than you do wide receivers. One other thing I wanted to get into before I finish this up, because I I don't really think I have talked about this much before. Uh, it's, It's just what kind of QB to look for when doing this, like, who are the guys that you should be targeting later? And honestly, when I was preparing for this pod, I was looking at the ADP. There's there's not a ton of guys I, I hate going in that 13 to 24 range or even below. Uh, when you get you know, 29, 30, 31, etc., that's not too great. But there's a lot of guys. Um, but basically what it looks like is when I'm doing this, falls into basically three categories. The obvious one is the old guys. Uh, The guys that people are discounting simply for being old. Uh, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Ben is on the low end of that. Uh, But they're guys that basically can produce and Ryan did not really have a great season last year, but there's certainly a scenario where uh, depending, especially if they draft a, uh, I'm re- again, recording this before the draft, if they record, uh, if they uh, draft a, a pits or a chase, uh, they definitely could. Uh, there's definitely a path where Ryan could be a QB one again, and he's certainly done it multiple times, but th- that's the obvious one. And the one that always seems to get, uh, ascribe to me is is that I draft all the old guys, but it's not just that. Uh, and uh, depending on how you know, cousins is thirty two, so I don't know if you count him as old. But that that's the uh, that's one of the other groups is the there's solid guys that are older, but not I wouldn't call old. That just get pushed down because they don't have the upside. They don't. And doing this, you're almost never going to get those guys with that rushing upside. That's what helps with getting some of these guys is they don't have that rushing. Everybody's looking for that. I'm going to use a Konami code quarterback. Uh, you're not going to get that. So, well, most likely you're not going to get that. In year one, Lamar Jackson was actually going in the 30, 13 to 24 range, so you could have gotten that. But so these solid guys to get pushed down because of the young guys, because of the Russian quarterback guys. So Stafford uh, is a QB 13. Tannehill is that QB 15 on the higher end. Uh, which actually will surprise me little. Oh, this is all, by the way, April uh, Superflex ADP, and I'm sure some of this will change. Rookies are included in here, but like I said, uh, I'm c- recording this before the draft. Afterwards, landing spots will probably shift some of the rookies around, uh, may shift some of the veterans around, depending on where they're drafted. So. But anyway, Stafford Tannehill. Cousins is down at QB21. And, again, these are all guys that have had uh, multiple QB1 seasons. Uh, They're basically being discounted because they're not young. They don't run. uh, So they need to have good passing seasons. But Stafford is now with the Rams. He's now with McVeigh. Got two wide receivers that that have had wide receiver uh, one fantasy seasons in the past. Tannehill has actually been a QB1, I think, each of the last two years is being drafted at QB 15 in the last uh, ADP and Cousins was even lower than I thought down at QB 21. He's got, you know, Jefferson uh, Thielen, uh is still a good receiver. Uh, Irv is now going to be taken over there. Cook is a good receiver. So uh, again, he's never going to be tight. I'm sorry. Tight end. What am I talking about here? Uh, he's never going to be QB, you know, three. Um, but, but, he's finished as a QB 12 or higher in every season, but one. And even then when he finished a QB 17, so it's not like he fell off the face of the earth. So those are the other guys I look for. And then there's, and this one might make people feel better or might scare them more. I don't know. But <laughs> then the other group is there's young guys with uncertainty and examples of these guys this year, uh, given the ADP uh, from DLF, uh, Justin Fields is QB 14. Uh, again, that's pr- some of that's probably baked in uncertainty to where he's going to be. Uh, if he gets drafted by San Francisco, I'm sure he'll he'll go up. Uh, if he gets drafted somewhere else, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, uh, but uh, Tua Tua is a QB. Where would he go? QB 16. Uh, I still like Tua uh just uh, people are way too down on him after uh, what well, wasn't even that bad of a rookie year i, uh, I think the the pulling of Tua for for fits in certain winnable games for them uh really has people down on him even more than they would have been uh he did not have a horrible season and uh I'm not going to kill a rookie quarterback who was coming off a major injury for not lighting it up. Uh, So two is a guy who definitely by next year, um, he could give you production and value. His value could definitely shoot above QB 16. And then uh, another one I was looking at uh, in the ADP, if you're doing a startup, say after the draft, Mac Jones at QB 24. He's a guy nobody's super excited about, but uh, I was looking at him, and I I, I kind of think he's the guy that in eight years from now, especially uh, when he, when he's like thirty, I'm gonna be uh, uh, trading for all over the place because because he's gonna be that guy that's no one's still excited about, but still you know is solid enough to 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 finish in that high end two low end one range. Uh, he's, he's he's he doesn't have the rushing. Uh, that all these other quarterbacks in this draft do, but uh, he, he showed solid uh, work in the passing game, and uh, I think he's the kind of guy who's gonna probably hang around for a while. Never be great. He could be kind of like a could be a Kirk Cousins. So uh, the the and I'm trying to see if there's any other young guys with uncertainty here. Then I mean that's basically it. another one I'm looking at a little bit. I haven't tried to really acquire him because. I have the uh, the Drew Lock fear with this guy is Daniel Jones, but he even offers rushing upside as well. Uh, third year quarterback, improved weapons. You know who knows, uh, but yeah, Trey Lance is also in there. QB twenty, Zach Wilson's a QB seventeen. I, I Trey Lance, I mean. I'm generally pretty risk averse, but I I, I don't know, at least pre draft, that I'd be trusting him if he goes somewhere where I know he's going to start. Uh, so, again, I mean, we're, I'm doing this two days before the draft. So, by the time you're listening to it, by the time you're doing a startup after listening to it, you'll know where Trey Lance is. Uh, if he goes to San Francisco, and I know he's probably going to start this year, I'm a little higher, but I, I think he's definitely got. Major boom-bust potential He's just, you know, he's only got one season uh, In the college game Basically, at a lower level uh, Upside is tremendous uh, I, I, The floor is is The basement So, and Zach Wilson I'm not very high on in general I just don't see what other people are seeing With Zach Wilson uh, I don't think he's awful or anything But I just He's not a guy I'd be targeting So uh, so that's basically the kind of guys I'm looking for. And like I said, I wanted to give examples at, at, at each kind of category there of, of who I'd be looking at. Um, in a perfect world, I'm looking for a guy with at least two years of security. Uh, as you saw from some of my quarterbacks on the rosters we've talked about in this episode, uh, I don't always get that. I think Cousins is one of those guys. I think Jameis could be if he plays well this year. Uh, Brady could be, even at his age, he could have two years. Uh So the best, uh, really, if you're worried about security, because I think that's one of the things people freak out about when I kind of suggest this, is that having to replace those quarterbacks year after year, which is not necessarily every year, but uh the best way to go is, if that's what you're worried about is getting those middle guys that are, that are undervalued, the Stafford's attempt the and all the cousins. Uh, a couple I didn't mention that I also like uh, Wentz is uh, a guy who's shown the capability of being QB one uh, last year was horrendous. I'm an Eagles fan. I know it was awful. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I, I will give you that. I, I still think that guy is in there though. I think the hurts thing messed him up. I think the coaching didn't help him. I think being back with Reich in Indianapolis will, uh, kind of revive his career a little bit. I, you know, again, I don't expect him to be, uh, you know, Dak Prescott or, or, you know, Deshaun Watson or something, but, uh, Deshaun Watson anyway, but, um, I don't expect him to be, you know, top five quarterback ever again, but he's a guy that I totally see getting back to the range where I'm fine starting him because he has low end QB1 potential. Uh, Baker is an interesting guy, too. Um, he's one I wrote down as one of those middle guys um, they are going to push down, which is funny because he's actually younger, too, though. He's the youngest guy of any that I talked about here um, outside of the quote unquote young guys group. So. Uh, I just think everyone is kind of hating on him just because that they see it as a run first offense. He had a lot of uh, he didn't have a great year last year obviously. Uh there were a lot of bad weather games though. He had the game with no receivers um because of COVID. Uh, I think he's being a little underrated uh because of how many due to extenuating circumstances beyond his control how many poor games he had. It, it, it dragged his season totals down. So uh, he's not a guy I, uh, I've i actively been seeking out just because I still worry he's a little pricier. to If somebody owns Baker, like in the ADP, he's QB 18. But if somebody owns Baker, I feel like they value him almost as a low-end QB 1. So he's not someone I've really been trying to trade for because it's higher than I generally want to pay when I'm replacing quarterbacks. Um, uh, but in a startup, if you can get him a QB 18, I'm totally fine with that. I, he's a, again another guy that that could finish, uh, you know, in the high end QB 2 range. And obviously, all these guys aren't going to finish there because I haven't even talked about the top 12 guys. Um, a lot of what you're going to finish in the top 12, although you can certainly make a case for some of them not, and some of them definitely will not. Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is a QB seven. There's definitely, obviously he's going there because he's, you know, a, a great prospect and, and you you know, he's going to be good for 10 years, but he, you might not be getting you that this year. Uh, Joe Burrow, we don't know for sure, uh, how he comes back from the injury. Uh, and he's only got a half a season that we've seen of him in the NFL. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is a guy that's, that as of, April ADP was still going in the top 12. We don't know what the hell we're getting out of him. Um, and Jalen Hurts is a QB 12. That's, that's one. He, I he kind of like the, uh, the second year version, I think of, of Trey Lance, where he's just going to be, he's probably going to score a ton, or I think he's just going to totally shit the bed and, and they'll be drafting another quarterback next year. So I did. It's another guy. I don't like it at, at, at his price. Uh, So there's definitely guys that are going to fall out of the top 12. Um, And not all of these guys that I'm mentioning are going to get into the top 12 or even the top 15. But my whole point is most of the time you're still going to get enough from, especially if you draft three of these guys, you're going to get enough from them that what you're getting at the other positions uh, will cover for it. Because again, quarterbacks have a high floor. Uh, On the last episode when I was talking with John Scott, I mean, even uh, they acknowledged, I mean, you know, quarterbacks are going to have a high floor. So if that's the case, and again, I won't have five, but if you can mix a match with three, uh, you can still try to avoid some bad matchups and uh, still get decent production out of them a lot of weeks. And when you're starting guys like AJ Brown and Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey and Devontae Adams and Alvin McHumar and all those guys, it, it it sort of makes up for what anything you may be losing to the team that maybe has better quarterbacks than you. So lastly, the biggest issue I think, and uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, how how does this work going forward? People are scared to, to – the reason they take these quarterbacks in the top 10 or top 12, first round now especially, is, is a lot of the guys there young and have produced, and they don't want to have to worry about quarterback. Uh, the thing is, it's, it's not as hard as some people make it out to replace them. People will tell you, you know, it's impossible to get a quarterback in the Superflex League, especially if you're not giving up a quarterback. And that's – I've been doing this almost since I started in Superflex three or four years ago. And I just haven't found that to be the case. There's always a guy who wants to dump an old guy. There's always a team with that maybe lucks into four QBs for, because of – Things that have changed from the previous year, or just has four QBs who will give up their fourth, and that's the thing. When you when you find the guy with four QBs, you do not want to trade for his two, trade for his fourth, trade for maybe his third, because um, you're going to get him cheaper. And that's the thing. You can get these guys still. Uh, I also wanted to point out. I'm going to get in. Well, no, let me get into the trades first. Uh, I wanted to point out because I'm saying this. You know, oh, you can get these guys still. Well. I wanted to point out specific examples where I have gotten these guys still and I don't consider any of these to be an outrageous price. They have three that I could uh, think of and, and look up the exact trades off the top of my head. In one league, I traded 222 seconds, the 310 and the 503 for Tom Brady. Uh, again, old guy, uh, but I get a year or two out of them, and then I find the next Brady next year or two years from now. And 310 and 503 are relevant pretty much to me. Uh, the chances of either of those picks hitting are next to nothing. And then two twenty-two seconds. So two picks a year from now, I'm getting Brady for, I'm getting a starting quarterback who finished his QB eight last year. It's uh, playing at, at least 2021 may play 2022. And I'm giving up two seconds that aren't even this year. I mean, that's, that's not that big of a price to pay. And I added to my starting quarterbacks. This one's probably the biggest price of the three, but I don't consider it a bad price to pay, which is David Montgomery for Kirk Cousins in a 22 third. The third doesn't mean much, but I got something on top of the quarterback for giving up a guy that's, you know, maybe an RB two this year. I know he finished as RB five or six or whatever it was last year, but Tariq Cohen's back. Uh, Damian Williams is there. The offense doesn't look very good. They're starting Andy Dalton. He had a ridiculous schedule at the end of last year, uh ridiculously easy schedule at the end of last year that helped him, uh, pull off that, that, that big finish had, going into like week, I think 10 or something. He was still like RB. He was definitely an RB two, something like RB 19 or something like that going in before he hit that soft patch of schedule and just took off. Uh, so, and again, I got the cousins and a pick for David Montgomery. And again, cousins is a guy that I, I could have for, I, I think he's pretty much tied into Minnesota for two years from the contract. Um, but he's a guy that could be starting for the next five years, uh, that I got into, I don't know that David Montgomery will be so, and this is in a league too, where, uh, it's actually all flexes. Uh, it's a super flex league. But uh, you don't have any positional requirements. So I don't even need to start a running back. So that makes it even easier to give up a David Montgomery. Uh, and then the next one and the last one I have here in one league where I think I actually had uh, Bridgewater, Breeze, and Rivers last year, um, all of which are unlikely to start this year. So th- that's the exception, not the rule. Just so you know, I, I do this in almost all my leagues. I go with uh, lower tier guys, or at least not top 12 guys. And rarely do I have to replace three in one season, uh, which looks like it's going to be the case. Um, side note on this though, is that actually, uh, and I don't think I got into this in this episode, but I have mentioned it before that I also like to draft a, uh, kind of high-end backups or backups on good offenses, uh, like in TA9, uh, I have Taylor Heineke, who I think has a chance to start this year. Fitzpatrick starts throwing interceptions. I think he's one of the more likely backup quarterbacks in the league to start games without an injury. And uh, uh, I have Chad Henney, uh, just because he's on the Chiefs, uh, I, I, at least that's what MFL says. Uh, I'm assuming he's still there. Uh in the past, I, I've drafted uh, uh, Tannehill in a couple different leagues, who ended up becoming a starter for me that I still have on some of those teams uh, back before he replaced Mariota. Uh, so, and the reason I mentioned that though is that on that uh, team where I lost all three of those quarterbacks, uh, I had Winston because I, I I actually had him from when he was a starter. This league, I won the title year one. Uh, with Winston and Breeze. Uh, I don't even remember who the third quarterback was at this point. Cause I know, I don't think I had rivers then. Um, and then I lost Winston, uh, ended up picking up rivers. I uh, had breeze and uh, I ended up picking up Bridgewater as well. And I went to the title game again, the second year uh, with those quarterbacks and, I did lose, but I scored something like 229 points. Uh, I think no, it wasn't exactly. I think I'm getting that from that points per game earlier, <laughs> but I did score in the 200s in that game. Uh, I, I just, it was a guy who had Kamara and Evans and Brady and a whole bunch of guys who went off that week. Uh, I had some oh, Gibson who went off week 16. And so uh, I, I obviously had some guys who went off themselves, but uh, it wasn't enough. But it, it, I did not lose because of the quarterbacks. I, I scored a ridiculous amount of points and just had some bad luck. But anyway, the point there uh, is just that I when I I did end up trading for Matt Ryan uh, and I got Sony Michelle. I'm sorry, I gave up Sony Michelle, Jamison Crowder, and Zach Moss. Does anybody care about any of those three players? No. <laughs> so. Uh, it is a points per carry league, so I'm guessing that's what the guy was thinking. Zach Moss is probably the most valuable piece of those three in a points per carry league, especially if uh, they don't draft somebody uh, that could go ahead of both him and Singletary. Uh, but again, like I said, there's always he probably you know wanted to get what he could for Matt Ryan because he's uh, rebuilding or whatever. So. I gave it three pieces that are, you know, who cares about. And I got, I got a starting quarterback and again, another starting quarterback that contractually at least looks to be in there for two years. Uh, He's what? 35, 36. So it could be longer. We'll see. Um, But yeah. So again, it's not necessarily as hard as, and again, and none of these that I give up a quarterback. Uh, So, and I've had other leagues where I've I've uh, you know I where i made bigger trades where I trade down a little at wide receiver and I I've I've uh, turned Jimmy Garoppolo into Kirk Cousins earlier in this offseason. Uh I, I I can't remember what that exact trade was, but I, I remember I gave up a stud receiver, got a little bit lesser of a stud receiver, I think it was for going from Garoppolo to Cousins. So you can do it. It's, it's Again, it, It's I guess people don't want to put in the work, but I, I think it's a winning formula. And the other thing is, I'm very willing to take them in the rookie draft uh, quarterbacks. Uh, some leagues I have more picks than others, but use the rookie draft to replace them as well. And I know, again, going back to, to my buddy John Hogue, he, he likes not having to do that. But... I like having teams that screw out of points. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, really rotating these quarterbacks is, is not as difficult as you think. Again, you can get them in the rookie draft. There's always, almost always a guy that goes later that at least will be starting for a year or two. And, and if they don't pan out, uh, you know, you replace them with one of these trades in a, in a couple of years, or with another rookie in another rookie draft. Uh, again, this year, again, it's it's in a little bit of an exception, I guess, because there's five of them. But I, I almost guarantee you, are going to get one one hundred eight, one hundred nine, one hundred ten. One of them will fall to that spot. Someone's going to want Chase more. Someone's going to want Pitts more. RBs always end up being. You know, I can't imagine the RBs are going to go after all the quarterbacks. Uh, I, I would expect at least two of them, pending landing spots, uh, would be going about the quarterbacks. So you're going to get them at least at one hundred eight, one hundred nine, one hundred ten, and depending on landing spots, there may be one guy that falls even lower than that. I tend to think one hundred ten is probably the floor of where uh, these rookie quarterbacks may go, but we'll see. Uh, so you can get them in the rookie draft and again, and I like getting them in the rookie draft. And I I'm more willing to draft a quarterback high too if I do have a high pick. Uh, I'm not gonna trade up to the 101 or 102 or 103 to get a quarterback because the price is too prohibitive. It's the reason I that's the reason I'm not drafting them in the first round startups, This is the opportunity cost. You're you're giving up too much, you're passing on too much to take those quarterbacks is my view. And so I'm not going to, and I, that's why I don't give up. I don't try and give up major pieces and trades to get them. But in a rookie draft, if I happen to have those picks, I am more willing to take the, the rookie uh, at one or two, one or three, the rookie quarterback, uh, because in rookie drafts, I'm what I'm passing on is question marks. Anyway, I mean, running backs, we kind of think we know, And usually we're fairly right on it, but uh, there's running backs to bust and wide receivers and tight ends, especially we don't know. So um, maybe Kyle Pitts uh, is the unicorn exception, but we definitely have had had missed on tight ends. Hawk Hawk looks good, but Engram and Joko and Howard all went in the first round of the same draft year, I believe in rookie drafts and, and nobody's clamoring for any of them. Uh, So wide receivers and tight ends, are big crapshoots in rookie drafts. RBs look good, but basically everybody's a question mark. So, and I'm using one pick. I'm not trading multiple. Like I said, I'm not trading up to get them. I'm not trading multiple picks to pay up for a stud quarterback. So if I'm using one pick on a quarterback and all I'm passing on is other question marks that we've never seen play in the NFL, I am more willing to give them a shot. And, uh, Take it there because what I'm looking for in a rookie draft is value anyway. Anyone who's depending on any pick in a rookie draft, save maybe a running back in a great landing spot. Maybe. And even that doesn't always work out. Hi C hi Clyde Edwards Solaire, how you doing? Uh anyone depending on a rookie draft pick to 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 bolster their team is not really looking at it right. So what you should be looking for in rookie drafts and startups, I'm looking for production. In rookie drafts, I'm looking for value, uh, it, al- almost purely value. And, and in in startups, I'm looking for value and production, but I lean the production side in in, in a in a rookie draft where you don't know how any of these guys are going to produce get the guy with the most value and a lot of times it's going to be quarterbacks because of what I've been talking about the whole time here which is that people overvalue the quarterbacks people take them high and you scoop up the production value at the other spots so and so even if the rookie doesn't the rookie quarterback doesn't pan out you're still going to be able to to sell him later for you know, one of these older Kirk cur- cur- cousins, or some somebody else, plus a a nice running back, or a nice wide receiver, a nice tight end, um, because people will still be, you know people will give the the rookie mulligan for quarterbacks uh, usually after the first year, uh, as long as they show you a little bit, uh, even if they don't, you can usually at least recoup what you paid for them. Uh you know, Sam Darnold uh prior to last year anyway was probably still was still going for a first. And now I think he some people maybe be even be paying low end first again, despite three years of non-production. Uh, but definitely, guys. After the rookie, or even two. I mean, two is not going for less than a first. He's QB 1680p. But if you try and trade for him, you're not getting him for less than a first. And maybe you're not getting the first you got last year. But you're still getting a pretty decent amount back. So I'm um, fine, fine taking them higher in rookie drafts. Uh, that's something I haven't gotten a chance to touch on as much uh, as opposed to a startup. And then. You know, if you don't like the way they're panning out, just sell them and get something else in return. Get, get another pick, get another position player. Uh, so basically you can trade for them. You can get them in rookie drafts. Uh, again, even if you don't have one of those high picks, don't trade up for it. Uh, chances are at least uh, one will fall most years. And if not, maybe use that late pick to trade for, for, again, one of these lesser guys that, well, quote unquote lesser guys that people don't want so I think that's it I think that basically wow I, I talked for an hour straight here I actually can't believe that I commend these guys like uh, like Hogue and, and Ray Garvin and Peter Howard who just sit here and talk into a microphone by themselves for a while because this isn't easy to do but uh, I ended up doing it uh, I, I think I got out there everything I wanted to say take from it what you will I just want to, you know, I wanted to talk a little more about this. I wanted to just lay it all out there in one spot. This is how you should be looking to do it. Uh, Like I said, the only other time I did a solo pod on Junkies here, I did the why, so this would be the how. And uh, I guess let me know what you think. and, and, And as I said at the top, let me know if you can give me a name for this strategy so maybe I can make it catchier and have it catch on. I don't know. Uh, but thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, As usual, I'm just going to finish up with some of our business. I did want to say too, before I get to that, uh, obviously I did not do a, find me a trade here. We, we mentioned last week we were bringing it back and one person. It's obviously hard to do finding a trade. There's a decent chance we won't have one next week. Uh, just because uh, what we have lined up, we have a couple different g- g- guests coming on, and I'm not sure just the way the setup of the show is going to lend itself to it. I'm um, hoping the week after that we do. So, uh, but it looks like this week and next week might not. So just when we we tease you with it, we take it away again. So, uh, But send them in. Again, uh, you can send them to me at dynasty ff addicts and scott at scott underscore sidlow uh you can send them to the pod at dynasty junkies so dm to any of those twitter handles uh follow all those twitter handles and uh, you can also send them to dynasty junkies pod at gmail.com uh we have an email set up where you can send the find me and to as well so just send us your link to your roster uh we can do mfl very easily sleepers a little more involved. uh, we can get into that if anybody wants to send a sleeper league, but it's, it's not that difficult. Uh, DAP network, make sure you're following that at DAP underscore network. Definitely subscribe to the DAP network. Subscribe to us. Uh, please give a, a rating and review as well. Uh, i love seeing those. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know if there's any topics you would like to discuss on here. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Thank you all for listening. Uh Scott, I believe no, it'll be both of us back next week. Uh and uh I hope you come back then. Thanks. Junkies out.